When Kay Duffield had walked beside her father into the little flint church, it had been chilly, with an overcast sky and a sharp wind blowing, trying to drag the veil off her primrose blonde hair, cheekily billowing up under her white silken skirt. Her father had held her arm very tightly and slapped at her skirt and laughed with her, but she had still been able to see a faint trace of apprehension at the back of his warm grey eyes. Yet when she came out again, on Philip Markham's arm, with a big smile from ear to ear, and her happiness so great that it was almost tangible, the September sun was shining and the breeze was warm and smelled of chestnuts. Coming down the aisle, Kay's fingers had rested lightly on her husband's arm, and she was warmly aware of how comfortable and at ease she felt in Christchurch. It wasn't a particularly beautiful church, but it was the one in which the Duffield family had worshipped for all of Kay's life. She glanced affectionately at the Sunday school corner as she passed it, remembering happy afternoons spent there listening to Bible stories, drawing and colouring, eating peppermints on the sly with her best friend Tessa. The third pew from the front was the one her parents favoured. The stone font by the west door was the font in which she had been christened, and when she emerged into the sunshine and looked around her, it was at a scene which was as familiar to her as her own home. The church had no graveyard, no lawns or flowerbeds, because it was surrounded on both sides by Church Avenue, which cut between Christchurch Road and Mile End Road, but the ancient trees with their heavy burden of autumn-tinted leaves had been there for as long as Kay, or her parents for that matter, could remember. We could have got married in a big fashionable church in the city, she reminded herself, but I didn't want to, and I'm glad. Christchurch knows me, and I know Christchurch. It'll see me from cradle to grave if I'm lucky. And one day I'll have my children christened here, no matter where Phil and I may end up living. Look this way, Mrs. Markham, someone called, and Kay looked round for Philip's mother, and suddenly realised that she was Mrs. Markham now. She turned, blushing and smiling, towards the speaker, her mother's brother, George. That's it. Smile, my dear, Uncle George said encouragingly, bending over his ancient box brownie and holding up a hand like a traffic bobby to make them keep the pose. Keep still, Philip, don't fidget, boy. Uncle George had been headmaster of a famous boys' school before his retirement in 38. Now, only three years later, he was back again, teaching in place of the younger men, men like Philip, who had left their jobs to fight for their country. But he had abandoned his school for the weekend and come down to Norwich for the wedding of his only niece.